Ho, 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 and welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Podcast. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Cole. And Nathan. Merry 27th of December. As Noddy Holder famously said, It's Christmas! He said just that. It was fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Honestly, I'd written this Christmas off as being a bit rubbish, but it was really good. Yeah. Ate lots of Christmas food, got lots of nice presents, uh, lots of well wishes, so it was really nice, yeah. And I like your hat. Thank you. Clown. Got it from the cracker myself. Speaking of crackers, I do have a Christmas joke I'd like to share with you. Yeah, Are you ready? Um, I don't know. <laughs> why did the man get fired from the orange juice factory? Something that was squeezed, not squashed, not something like that. Go on. Because he couldn't concentrate. Boom. Hey. <laughs> well, there you go. Stop the podcast. That's over. We're done. Yep. Okay. Shall we get into news then? Yep. Let's do it. Sure. With it being the festive season, obviously it's got. We've got to have the gift that keeps on giving, and that's Cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> so now Sony is now offering refunds for the game, and they have even taken it off the PS Store. Yeah. Now, this was this was odd because originally the CD Projekt Red put out a, a tweet men saying that, oh, we're going to offer you refunds, just get in touch with PS, PlayStation and Xbox, and they'll give you refunds, etc. And mm. then when people actually did that, they were like being rejected. Mm. Because it turns out they actually hadn't discussed it with Sony or Microsoft beforehand. <laughs> Sounds about yeah, offering that, these ones. <laughs> those great communication skills. Yeah. So they were just lying yet again. Mm. And then eventually Sony pulled the plug. Yeah. Got rid of it. And then now they are offering refunds. Microsoft is now also offering refunds, but they've not pulled from their store. Um, it just keeps getting bad for worse, doesn't it? It seems like a shame because there's been so much hype over the last few years leading up to this game. And it's just all become a bit of a farce, I think. Mm. I, I can't remember a game quite like it that this I, has happened I, to. I have to say, I, I, this is the worst game launch ever now I think I think we've crossed that threshold are we calling it I, I th- I think worst game it. launch ever <laughs> I, I, I know there's been other bad ones but I can't think of anything quite like this now uh, oh. Fallout 76 springs to mind I think, uh, I think at I one think point I think, think that got pulled as well I think that got pulled from a store but uh, yeah um, I, think, I think that was probably the last big one yeah yeah, I, I, I think this one's top list now. I can remember Mass Effect Andromeda having quite a bit of a backlash and then having to do some major patches on that game. But again, I don't think I've ever heard anything as bad as this one before. Mm. Have you also heard the new technical issue that's cropped up? Oh, a new one? <laughs> the corruption of save files. Oh, for goodness sake. So apparently a save file can't be over 8 megabytes. Well, what? Unless you fixed it now. Yeah. So, well, I do know they came out with version 1.6 quite recently, so that might have fixed it. Uh, so, yeah, the the hotfix 1.06 fixes that, but not uh, not for current save files. So you have to start the game again. Printed, yeah, <laughs> if you start the game again, then your save file will be fine. But that's why that's why I read anyway. <laughs> well, it's a good job you've not played too much of it, Mark. So. Oh yes, yeah. I'm, I'm, you might, you might as well get your while you... <laughs> so yeah, so it, basically in a RPG game, the actual on the official forum on the website, like somebody was asking about this, and they just tried to fob them off, 
but I'm basically saying, oh well, just don't 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 loot so much, and you know, don't don't craft. Oh, anything. don't don't play the game. Yeah. Don't, don't play. Don't play, play the game how you want to play it. <laughs> it's just utter nonsense. I'm, yeah, it actually made me angry reading about it. And then we've got like the actual staff developers getting angry at the uh, the management treated. You see about these uh, this internal like internal video meetings where basically all the developers start laying lay, lay into management saying what are you doing? So they should do. To, to top it off, um, there's a potential lawsuit coming along. Mm. What about this? I have, yeah. So investors are potentially launching a, a, a class action lawsuit. So a Warsaw attorney who happens to be also a CDPR uh, investor, mm. stated that the lawsuit is in relation to the possibility of committing a crime under Article 286 of the Penal Code, which is the misrepresentation in order to obtain financial benefits. So I'm guessing that's right. So this misrepresented how ready the game was. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing. Merry Christmas, CD Projekt Red. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean... Uh, I do, well, I was just going to say, I, I, I just feel sorry for the actual developers, the people who have worked at home. Well, that's it. They've worked so hard for this, and they've they had to, to crunch near the end of it just to get it out, and now all this is happening. Mm. And it sounds like that they've told senior management that this was going to be an issue, thus the backlash that they're giving to the management team. And it, it sounds just like that they've not listened, and they said, right, this is the date that it's coming out, and we don't care what state it gets released in. It's a terrible Christmas, state of affairs. The Christmas money's... That's what it was, wasn't it? Well, there ain't going to be any if everyone's asking for refunds. <laughs> yeah. and it's going to tarnish people's um, views of the developer in the game. Yeah, that, I don't know how it's... What are people going to think when they come out with a new game? Is anybody ever going to trust them with anything? Yeah. If well, I think they'll make sure the next game is uh, probably made properly. <laughs> and should give them time. Yeah. I think at the very least, a lot of lessons are going to be learned from this entire process. And hopefully they'll be able to grow from it and do better in the future. But right now, it's just looking like one bad thing after another for them. Did they say that after Witcher, though? Mm. When that launched in a pretty bad state, and then they had to fix all the problems with that. I mean, it wasn't quite on the level with this. But mm. I would hope they might have learned something. Unless they had a change of management. Well, well yeah. we, we don't know, do we? I mean... Uh... We we could be talking about this for ages. I mean, the game got delayed a lot of times. Um, I I feel like for for maybe management it got to a point of like it's either released now or we we annoy our investors who are clearly wanting this game to come out, but it's obviously not in a great state. But I but then, I, I can't tell because we're we're not we've not well, we're not on that side of things. Of, yeah what decisions were made and whatnot so mm. we can only assume what's happened and clearly what's happened is um the worst game launch in recent history if not forever <laughs> <laughs> the worst game launch ever. Yeah. i mean the the only the only high spot that i i managed to see i saw somehow one good news article about cyberpunk is that it's actually managed to sell over 13 million copies, which includes uh, any refunds that have come through as well. Mm. So clearly it is an incredibly high seller. People want it. They just want it to work. Well, that's it. It's, they just want it to be in a functioning state and not be frustrated with a, with a product that they bought that should have been, well, 
should have been working from day one, even without the bleed day zero patches that come out. This whole thing just makes me sad. It really does. It's just where game. It's just this right year, now. isn't it? This this whole year is just nothing but sad. Yeah, it was kind of like it was kind of like the bright spark at the end of the year, wasn't it? It's like, oh well, well at least we've got this to look forward to. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> oh, yeah. for year. You forgot what year you were in. <laughs> You're not allowed anything good. Anyway, anyone, anyone got any other news? Uh, I got a bit, a bit of, um, I suppose, developers, bang of a developers news. Um, mm. I think, I don't know if we reported on, on the last podcast that um, it looked like Take-Two was going to be um, buying Codemasters, the uh, the racing yes. the yeah. racing developing professionals, I suppose, with the F1 series and Dirt. Micro Machines. Also, Micro Machines. Uh, it's just all sorts. Grid as well, I think it did Grid. Grid mm-hmm. or Sport, I mm-hmm. think, was the last one that came out. Um, but uh, I suppose to be one-upped for reasons, I'm not sure why they've gone into this, um, EA decided to come in and table a 1.2 billion bid um, full cash for Godmasters. Mm, bidding war. Microtransaction galore. Yeah. Micro machine transactions. I mean, it, either way you looked at it, it was even microtransaction, uh, microtransaction galore with Take Two, with how they've handled that NBA and mm, WWE series. Or it was subtle micro microtransactions with EA. <laughs> um, Can't they both just lose and nobody takes it over? <laughs> Well, it, it seems to be an, an odd one, doesn't it? Because I thought Codemasters were doing well for themselves. Because like the F1 series has been going for years now, and mm. it's always been critically successful. If the last not, one's really good. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think Dirt. So I would always thought Dirt was a was a popular game in the series, along with. Um, yeah, Micro and, Machines has always been fun. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like. What other stuff do Codemasters do? Because they're literally just like the racing professionals, aren't they? I don't know if they have the license for my questions. Because I know a couple of years ago there was a it was like a reboot. Like, terrible. <laughs> Couldn't be Codemasters. Um, <laughs> uh, just just an interesting thing going on. I mean, obviously we've had Microsoft uh, gobbling up developers. Obviously, Bethesda was the biggest one. Yeah. I think Sony... Got one or two recently. I can't, can't quite remember who they might have been, but just seems a bit yeah, like of a land grab at the minute. Everybody's yeah. just buying up developers. Just a bit of a bit of a strange time we're in, where everyone's just buying everything until there's only one. <laughs> yeah, the developer. Then we get to play our PlayStation Series X Pro Edition handheld. The phones, the phones, yeah. Get to see Mario in Halo. <laughs> I'm surprised they've not put Mario on Fortnite with all the Master Chief and. Um, Don't give them ideas. And stuff. No, it would make more sense to put Samus in because she's actually a bounty hunter, which is the theme that they're going for this season. So. Fair give enough. Me give me Samus, give me Samus, give me Samus. Anyway. Uh, Scalpers, yet again. Oh, those jolly fellows. So, did you see this? So, some. A data engineer. He did a uh, he did a study for the sales on eBay. Not even saw this. So he wrote a script that was able to search all the sold listings for mm-hmm. the new consoles mm-hmm. on eBay. And 
this is what he discovered by doing this. So reportedly, uh, scalpers have made over $28 million on eBay on the sale of the next-gen consoles. $28 million. So on eBay, on eBay alone, over 60,000 next-gen consoles were resold, and this consisted of 6,863 Xbox Series S's, 22,932 Xbox Series X's, 7,322 PS5 Digital Editions, and 25,642 PS5 Standard Editions. Wow. Sounds about right. <laughs> and then he was able to determine the median prices of, them, of what they were sold for. Oh, and this is what this is what the came with. So, median price for the console. So the Series S at retail is two hundred and ninety nine dollars. Uh, on the the median on eBay was four hundred and sixty nine dollars. What? The Series X retailed for four hundred ninety nine dollars, mm. and on eBay this median uh, was for eight hundred and sixty five dollars. Wow. Uh, that generated those two consoles generated over nine million profits for the scalpers. Now move on to PlayStation. So the PS5 digital version retails at three hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Sold on eBay, median average nine hundred and thirty-seven dollars. Digital edition is it? Yep, that's for the digital. You've got to be looking at over a grand for the disc version then. So the PS5 standard edition retailed at four hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Sold. Median on, on eBay for $1,021. Wow. Generated over 19 million profits for Scout Business. <sighs> that was just eBay. Yeah, that's it. So I don't know about you guys, but we've got like all the Facebook marketplaces and Spock mm. and all the other. Mm. So there's an, another thing where um, another site was looked at called StockX. From last week, uh, that site had also sold around 60,000 consoles. So about the same number. Mm. On that, almost twice as many PS5s were sold than Xbox. So, PS5s are a lot more popular, it seems. Yeah. Uh, well, that's basically what that study showed. But um, have you also heard that the UK government are looking into this? Into scalping, that way? I heard in Yeah, yeah. A, a Scottish MP um, looking into it. I reckon he can't find a, um, a, a PS5. PS5. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, so that's six, it. Uh, so six Scottish National Party uh, members tabled a motion proposal to prohibit the resale of gaming consoles and computer components at prices greatly above the manufacturer's recommended retail price. Good. Good. It's a step in the right direction, definitely. And it's been signed. It's been signed by nine members of Parliament, and it also calls for action to prohibit the resale of goods procured using automated bots. Mm. It's making that a illegal activity. Good. Mm. So I wonder if this is going to have legs. I hope so. It's, it's nice that the government, I mean, for us personally, it's good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, buy, it's, buy um, PS5 well, maybe for when the PS6 comes out, this thing will have passed and um, we won't have any scalpers. At that I'd, like point. To know who, I'd like to know who they are because I'd like to know which ones are gamers. Yeah. Clearly, these are the gamers, aren't they? Buy them all a pint. But speaking of consoles, have you heard about the new console that is sweeping the world? Is it the KFC console? Mm, yeah. Yeah. KFC, the KF console. So its tagline is "Power your hunger." So appropriate, it's like shit, like a bucket. Have you actually seen it? Yeah, I've seen. Oh it. yeah, I've seen what it looks it's, like. It's like a black bucket with like some red etching. Uh, okay, so I've got the website here, so I'll just I'll just, I'll just read what it says because why not? Maybe you want this next Christmas. 
who knows if, if your birthday's coming up. Oh, one in there. So, <laughs> so introducing the KF console. How are you, hunger? The KF console has arrived, forged from the fires of the KF- KFC ovens and built by Cooler Master from the ground up. There has never been a tastier way to experience the latest titles in stunning 4K, 240 frames per second. Mm. Bold claim. I'd like to know which tile they can do that. Minecraft, <laughs> 240 frames a second. Yeah. The world's first built-in chicken chamber. Never Honestly, your... this is this is the one. Never risk letting your chicken go cold again thanks to the patented chicken chamber. Utilising the system's natural heat and airflow, system, uh, you can now focus on your gameplay and enjoy hot, crispy chicken between rounds. Are you sold yet? This is making me pretty hungry. The, right, this one feature they need to have on this console, anti-grease on the um, controller, otherwise well, is, that controller can get a little bit. This, yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? It's just like, I'm a wrong. It's just, it's going to be weird, isn't it? So, built and designed by Cooler Master. At Cooler Master, where, why, different? No joke with this. Uh, we go way beyond the outside of the box to deliver cutting edge performance with a touch of class. Our expert mod team, led by the legendary Swedish craftsman Timperley, I think that says, set about building this awesome beast, and boy, did he deliver. And then it's got like a schematic of it. Yes. Whatever. So, only the best. Housed in a custom Cooler Master NC100 chassis, we needed something small, but mighty. And that's just what we got. At the heart of this beast of a machine is the Intel NUC9 Extreme Compute Element. I have no idea what that is. Keeping space down and driving performance that mere mortals could only dream of. Never miss a shot. Discover a level of gameplay you didn't know possible with Asus-powered graphics that runs buttery smooth. Keep te- uh, keeping tearing and frame drop a thing of the past. With a first-of-its-kind hot, swappable GPU slot, the KFC console will stay the most powerful console for generations to come. I mean, I'm sold. I mean, I'm, I'm staggered. Like, yeah. Me and Lisa have been talking about buying a new air fryer, but this is this is everything rolled into one. A next-gen well, console and something that keeps your chicken warm. Yeah, well, it's, 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 not, it's not a cooker, is it? It's, it just keeps it warm. Keeps it warm. That's right, isn't it? So you buy your KFC, you put it in there immediately, I presume. Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just take it out and eat it when necessary. Just take a bite between rounds, you know? There's got while to be... You, they could put mods on it. They could They could it's put, like, mod. an air fryer edition. Well, there's more here. The deep fat fryer edition. Okay. Never run out of space for games. Unleash the performance of PCIe NVMe speeds that are six times faster. Might, might know what that means. Boot games up in seconds and instantly access data while loading games. We've taken your data to the next level of performance, reliability, and efficiency with two Seagate Barracuda one terabyte SSDs. It's pretty good. Big words. Well, if uh, I mean, there's more space than the uh, next gen console, other <laughs> next gen consoles have got. So. <laughs> Those SSDs better be in the shape of a chicken wing, otherwise I'm going to be very disappointed. Believe this or not, it's VR ready. Get on your feet and enjoy the world of reality, of virtual reality while the smell of fresh chicken captures your senses. <laughs> I mean, I used Ray- to try on one of these consoles. But <laughs> yeah. Ray tracing. Rays of light individually simulated, creating true-to-life shadows and reflections that will immerse you in selected games more than ever before. 240 frames per second with up to 240 hertz output. 
Enjoy smooth and fluid high frame rates, gameplay at up to 240 frames per second for all games, with support for 240 Hz output on 4K displays. Wow. And fi- finally, 4K TV gaming. Enjoy your favourite games in finger-clicking good. Oh, 4K quality on supported devices. Well, I mean, I wanted one of them under my Christmas tree, but unfortunately, Santa didn't like me. That's it. I'm sorry, Series X and PS5, but there's a new kid in town. Finger-clicking good. I might be able to actually get a hold of one of these, though. <laughs> yeah, is, is there anything about the price on the article? Well, I did have a... Uh, not well, not, not on the website, but I did look at the um, that GPU the thing. The internal bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That roughly cost between one and a half grand and three grand. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it could be an expensive console. Yeah. But... Cheapest chips. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Imagine that being their scalpers. I mean, how much are they going to sell that for? Five for five, sell it for ten grand. Seven, yeah, ten grand. Yeah. Money making machine right there. That's it. Keeps your bills nice and warm. I mean, what a time to be alive, eh? I know. Like twenty twenty, the year well, dreams this, are made. Well, this isn't the first venture into games for KFC. Did you actually see the game they put out like a couple of years ago? I've, I didn't know. They actually did a um, like a dating sim game. Oh. I think I might have seen this. So, yeah. so it was like, so it was like you were trying to date the young Colonel. Yeah, the Colonel, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that stud. <laughs> well, well, in the game, yeah, it was portrayed as like some stud, like some young. It was. It's not the Colonel like we know it. Is it like pre-franchise? So when they were getting started, I, I, I can't say I played the game. <laughs> I, I, maybe I don't know. I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember where it's set. Is it set in a school or something? Like a high school or? Oh, I'm so like, the Colonel. It was something like that, wasn't it? It'd be like a high school dating simulator. Like a high school cookery class or something like that. Or yeah, probably. I can't quite remember. <laughs> the Colonel's got the recipe to your heart. <laughs> Secret blends of herbs and spices. <laughs> anyway, any other news? Well, unfortunately, uh, the bad news seems to keep on piling for Capcom uh, from the uh, the whole. I suppose massive leak that came out. What, what it's about a month ago now. Mm. Um, apparently, a lot more has has kind of surfaced for uh, Resident Evil Village, which seems to be the number one target for these leaks. Um, apparently, a development build for the game was leaked online, uh, along with some some screenshots. Uh, and some story spoilers again. Um, although this time they decided to include the entire ending as well. Oh. What? So have you? Have you? I know you're a lover of Resident Evil, so have you? I have stayed to away. I'm, I'm yeah. avoiding. I'm not reading anything about anything. <laughs> I don't blame you. Is it? Uh, when is it slated to release? Do we know that? I don't. I don't think it's been officially said. revealed. I think it was... So there, there is a leak of it. Uh, I think it was unofficially revealed for March, April, something like that. I'm not too far away. It's not too far away, no. Um, it just keeps on getting worse. Like, why? Just just stop. <laughs> Can't we just have surprises, why, why please? Yeah. Why couldn't the leak that 
Cyberpunk was terrible before the launch. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Stuff it saves us all money there, don't we? <laughs> Tell us the stuff. stuff, but you didn't get anything about the uh, console versions of Cyberpunk being terrible. Yeah, I just I just don't know. Like I think I think previously there was like there was screenshots of of documents um, that they'd gotten from Capcom, and I remember one one document had like um, I suppose titles for for cutscenes they were going to play, but they obviously in the titles they give you a bit of a description of kind of what those screen uh, those cutscenes were. I didn't I didn't get to see any of those, so I was like, well good for that but now it's like now even more's come out about like almost the whole story and the, the ending so it's like <sighs> looking forward to this game but i was it's hard work staying away from the spoilers, spoilers. yeah <laughs> luckily i've kept away from it but um it's just just annoying it's just, really it's annoying. just like the last of us part two all over again just major things getting leaked you'll you'll have you'll inevitably have people that don't like the game before it's been released because they might not necessarily like the ending. Or oh, a particular scene that happened in the game that got leaked. Mm. Um, and then everyone judged that game literally on that <laughs> on that one cutscene. Uh, but yeah, um, I suppose we're on to that. The, the other stuff that I've got, I've only got two other stuff, or a little piece of news. Um, the I think we talked about this previously. We, you guys know that a Mortal Kombat film was coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, always be. Um, so uh, it was scheduled for January fifteenth next year. Uh, it has actually been pushed back to the sixteenth of April. So that's when uh, the new Mortal Kombat's come out. I have to say, I don't, I don't recall much details about it. Do we know what it's going to be released on? Is it going to be like on Netflix, Amazon? Hulu, or is it going to be a... Well, it's meant to be a, a full-fledged film, so mm. you would assume... Theatrical. Well, with any luck, the... Um, well, theatres will be open at that point, so we can actually go and watch it. That'd be nice. Mm. Oh. Last little bit of news that I've got is, uh, is a bit anime-related, uh, mm. which Mark always loves. So... <laughs> um, so, Bandai Nemco... I just said that right for once. Um, showed off their uh, the new f- new fire in the season pass for Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighters. Fighters, um, yeah. <laughs> not sure how you really call it. I don't think there's anything very mm. official about that. But <laughs> uh, so a new fire is going to be Super Baby Two from Dragon Ball GT. Uh, oh, cool! I always. Know, yeah, Sorry. I always like the baby arc because I don't know if you know like the lore behind the Sephorians or the Tuffles. They inhabited planet Plant before the Saiyans took it over. And they basically yeah. sent Baby as like the last hope. And then he came back and tried to recreate the um, the race and stuff uh, in Help GT. Me, baby arc, you're my only hope. <laughs> I have no idea what you were talking about. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you've not seen Star Wars um, there. <laughs> yeah, I you've not seen Dragon Ball, have you, uh, Mark? No. <laughs> not, no. I, I think he knows what a Goku is, but it's probably about it. Maybe. <laughs> I don't even no? know what that is. <laughs> well, the Goku, Goku is like the Pikachu of Pokemon to what 
a person is to Dragon Ball. He's the mascot. That's all you right. need to know. Yeah, okay. he's the mascot. <laughs> okay. Goku's the main character. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think... Um, is it, does yeah. he have a detective version as well? No. But there is a filler oh, episode where he learns how to drive with Piccolo. Piccolo's a green alien, not the um, not the instrument. But anyway, yeah. Right, okay. This, this is going to many different directions I wasn't expecting, but um, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, yeah, so he's been revealed. Um, apparently he's due out to come... He is due out in the game on the 15th of January. Uh, but then also, uh, within the same video, uh, they teased the, the last fire within the pass, um, which is going to be Go Getter Super Saiyan 4. Oh, Super Saiyan 4, Go Cheetah. Yeah. Go Cheetah, yeah. Um, for those who well, are probably. Go Getter. <laughs> Go Cheetah, pro- yeah. Go Cheetah. That sounds better because it is a fusion of Goku and Vegeta, Super Saiyan 4. But anyway. Vegeta. Uh, go get, yeah, go, go game. That's all I know. I, don't know. <laughs> I feel and, like I'm, um, just taking, I'm, ta- I'm just taking the big ass. I think you're clearly both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's I'm all right. about to cry, Mark. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon, uh, anything anime. <laughs> it's all right. It's Christmas. Enjoy your stuff. <laughs> well, I've got one final thing. We'll finish on something nice, shall we? Oh, good. Nice and hot, uh, so, do you guys know what a Tory gate is? Mm, no. Oh, no. No. Anyway, so basically, a Tory gate is a. So, in Japan, a place is called Shinto shrines. Oh, yeah. To worship. And they have something called Tory gates, which are, are sort of like on the pathways leading to them. Mm. And this past September, uh, a shrine called Watasubi Shrine, a, one of these Tory gates was destroyed by a tropical storm. Okay. Mm. And the local priest, a guy called Yuichi Hiriyama, launched a campfire campaign, which is basically a kick, uh, like a Kickstarter, uh, to try and like fund the restoration. Yeah. And the target goal for this was 5 million yen, which is about $48,000. But since it started, it accumulated over over 90 million yen, which is 190000 And can you guess where this toy gate actually is? Um, In Japan? Yes. <laughs> It's on the island of Tsushima. Ah, right. Yep. Oh. And it turns out that a large portion of the contributions from, for, towards this gate was from fans of the Ghost of Tsushima game. That's oh, that's cool. amazing. That's that's nice. Nice. So, yeah, so they've something like three times, three, maybe four times the amount of money they wanted. So they managed to get the money to restore it. So that's thought, a nice little Christmas miracle there. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely story. Very lovely. Shall we move on? Yeah. Uh, question? We do. I think we do. So, the question is, what is your favourite Christmas-themed game, level, or section in a game? What's your, what's your favourite, favourite Christmas ga- game thing? Go on, Nate. You, you start us off. All right, I'll kick us off. So, um, my first thought was actually um, GTA in uh, around Christmas when it snows. Because yeah, you can have yeah, so yeah, much yeah. fun. Like, you can have snowball fights, um, dress up however you want, and just wreak havoc in the snow, which is which is always Christmassy and, and nice. I've got my Christmas car, which they gave me <laughs> uh, for free a few years ago. It looks like this, it's called a clique. 
Yeah. It's got, it's got like a bow on the top of it. It's very nice. Um, and you've got, also, you've got to give it a musical horn. <laughs> very nice. I love that. Yeah. Um, after thinking about a few different options, I, um, I settled at um, the Dead Rising 4 Christmas DLC. So um, if anybody who knows me, you'll know that I just love mowing through hordes of enemies, um, especially zombies, because they're pretty stupid. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right. So this particular yeah. DLC, you can dress up um, like Santa if you want to. And there's like a baseball bat that you can get with like tinsel on it uh, and like Christmas lights. And when you hit zombies, they basically explode and like getting to go into like lightning and stuff it's just absolutely insane um there's like a rudolph motorbike you can get so you can like smash into zombies with your rudolph motorbike um you can swing santa's sack and um, destroy <clears throat> you can destroy um zombies with your sack if you do so choose <laughs> so that's that's pretty it's funny okay. as well that's the thing. Um, and you can also change the zombies into uh, elves and gingerbread men while you kill them. Well, nice. while, while you destroy the undead, not kill them because they're already dead. But anyway, yeah, um, I just think it put a really fun Christmassy twist on um, on Dead Rising. I thought it was really, really fun. Oh, nice one. <laughs> so uh, for me, I think like kind of like you guys, um, I thought of sort of like a kind of list of different things that had like Christmas themes and stuff for like you know games and uh so like events that happen in, in certain games as well so I think one that came to my mind um was uh Call of Duty World War 2 so they did this like Christmas event thing where in the game you've got this like sort of social kind of lobby where mm-hmm you'll see other random people and you get to interact with them and stuff. And on the on the Christmas event one, they'd replaced, like... So, like, this, this there was, like, a middle bit where there was, like, a lot of ammo and stuff that was stockpiled. Mm-hmm. They changed that to, like, a, like a, a Christmas tree and, like, little presents under and stuff. And you could pick up, like, snowballs and, like, throw them over people just, like, for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. But it was quite funny. Um... But also they, they they also had like um I think they they made one of the levels like a Christmas themed one as well or something like that. I might be thinking of another actually I might be thinking of another, another Call of Duty. I think it was I think it was the remastered Modern Warfare Call of Duty Four remastered. One of the levels and it was Crash. Um, if you got a five kill streak, you got this um what was it like an airstrike that came that comes in. Mm-hmm. But instead of jets kind of coming in doing the airstrike, it would be like Santa and like just flies over and just airstrikes people with gifts, uh, which is which is hilarious. Um, I think another like one that's in real life, like it doesn't real life, <laughs> yeah, just comes in bombing bombing people with presents. That's why I know uh, it's tracking. That's it, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, another event that comes to mind. Um, that I really enjoyed uh, playing um, was Killing Floor Twisted Christmas. Okay. Uh, so if you've never played Killing Floor before, um, it is a sort of like a, a, a first-person sort of zombie horde 
wave survival game. Like you go through level, you survive hordes of zombies, and then uh, you got some like special infected ones as well. that did different stuff. Um, and then once you got to like the end of so many rounds, like you'd fight this like boss zombie who was always called the Patriarch, mm-hmm. um, who was such a hard boss most of the time. <laughs> it was so annoying. Um, but in the event that they did the Twisted Christmas, all the levels had like a Christmas theme to it, and the zombies all had a Christmas theme as well. So like. Normal zombies would have sort of like Santa hats on, or um, there'd be this this massive one that's got like a chainsaw for a hand. They would now be like, oh, what would be so sort of like candy cane looking, and it was all kind of like it was just funny, and it had like demonic Christmas music playing. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pretty terrifying. It was actually kind of, it was it was funny at the same time. Like the Patriot as well would just be this massive Santa. <laughs> um. If I was to, if I was to do one more, but an actual game that was based on Christmas, and I feel like I might end up stealing one of no, no. Mark's choices. I'm suggest. I'm okay. Is this Batman Arkham Origins? This would be Batman Arkham Origins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think we both agree that it's an underrated game as a whole. More people need to play this. I think. Yeah. I, I think the thing that takes away from Origins is that it was. A, a buggy game. I don't think it was. The, yes, it did have a few bugs. Yes, it did have a few bugs compared to like the previous two Arkham games that came before it. But I actually thought, um, story-wise and in terms of bosses, I thought it was yeah. um, a pretty big improvement over yeah. C. And I, I just really loved the setting on Christmas Eve. Oh yeah, seeing Arkham City in, in full snow and all the like the Christmas lights and stuff. It was quite nice. Mm. It's like playing through a comic book. Yeah. Because you can say that about all of them. <laughs> Christmas comic books. No, it's yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> Plus, I like the little upgrades they did for it. So, like, um, the electric uh, punched fist gun yeah. that he got yeah, was pretty cool. It was just the... Uh, I think a lot of it was the bosses, though, because they generally were better than what C had come up with. Because when the plot was like, he had, was it eight assassins after Something like that. Yeah, so the whole... So the whole plot was um, Black Mask had put a bounty on Batman's head and he'd essentially opened Arkham City up to um, eight of the most like world's dangerous uh, assassins and whoever kills Batman gets like the money. Some were, some were better than others. Some were better than others. Um, crap. Deathstroke was pretty good. I always liked to find yeah. uh, Deathstroke. He was good. Um, Executioner was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, is he the one? Is he the one who just kicks? I don't know. He was one, one just, that has it's one the way, one way he just boots him, isn't it? It's just like that's <laughs> it, over with. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the one. Who's the one that poisons you? You have like a kind of a oh, um, like a cop, scarecrow esque. Yeah. yeah. You have like a like she was like the scarecrow of origins. Um, which that's whenever true. like anything that happens is always pretty cool because they're usually like one of the best moments in Arkham games. Firefly, weren't they? Firefly was interesting, yeah, as well. You're hanging on through the bridges and all that. Yeah, much much better than Arkham Knight, uh, where you're just racing against him pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know the fights for Bane were good as well. I didn't like uh, I didn't like the last one where you have to like 
play a bit of a game of hide and seek because that's why it's like infused with the with the venom toxin, but he like overdoses on it. Yeah. So then he's just this massive meathead. And then you know, I, I think the performance of um, who played Batman. Oh, because it it wasn't. Kevin no, Conroy. it wasn't um, Kevin Conroy this time. It was uh, obviously they wanted to. Do you want a younger sounding I Batman? I can't remember. I know Troy Baker played uh, him Joker, didn't he? Yeah, Tro- I thought Troy Baker did a, a great performance because he was pretty much a mimic of Mark Hamill for most of it. He had his, his own little touches here and there, but I think for the most part, he, he, he made like a very a pretty good uh, mimic for Mark Hamill. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think Batman Arkham Origins is... Uh, it's a great game if you've not played it, especially one around Christmas. Those are my picks. So, how about you, Mark? Well, I've, t- I've gone for uh, my old favourites, uh, which is the Hitman series. So, in Hitman Blood Money, which came out on the PS2, there was a, a level, a uh, Christmas themed level on that called You Better Watch Out. And it was set in like, the Rocky Mountains. It was like a, part- a party going off in the Rocky Mountains. And I remember it specifically with Goss. You talk, uh, it's got, so it's like a. Um, house built into like the mountainside itself mm. and it's got like an outside patio kind of thing with a pool balcony sort of thing yeah, yeah. and it's got a pool on it but the the pool underneath the pool is transparent so you can see like so if you were in the pool you could see down the mountainside and all that and one of the oh. ways to kill the target is for when he gets into the pool to shoot the bottom out of it so then he just goes flying straight out of the pool down the mountainside and then the newer hitman in the reboot from 2016, was it? I don't know if you've seen the Paris level. Sorry. But they did a, a special Christmas version of it called Holiday Horrors. So it was beautifully decorated in all Christmas stuff. So it's like so it's like this, um, if you don't know what it is, so basically it's one big massive building and there's a fashion show going off in it. That's that's the, what's happening in this level. But yeah. They themed it Christmas themed. Uh, and on it, but on this special Christmas mission, uh, you've got to take out two burglars who are in in the in the, in the building, and they're called Harry and Marv. <laughs> and if you manage to, so they they go about stealing specific things around the, the building. If you can steal those items before they get them, then you can earn a Christmas outfit. So oh, you can have your own soundtrack to go around. But yeah, that's that's all. I've Actually, one more thing. There was um, I can't remember much about it. I do remember it slightly. Is um, did you ever play Bully? Or can it's kind of edit? Is it known here? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There was a Christmas themed part of that. But I can't actually remember much. I, th- I think there's one way you get into a fight with Santa. I think. <laughs> it sounds I can't about right. Remember. I, I really want to play that game again. It's part of a sequel. Funnily, funnily enough, um, the only console I play that game on is the Wii. Really? Wow. Yeah. All right, shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Yeah, let's do it. Got it. Uh, go on, Matt. Kick it off. Oh, me? Okay. Uh, oh, I feel like I've been playing lots of different things over the last, last two weeks, honestly. Um, played all the games. Played all the games, yeah. So... I'll start off with uh, I ended up going back to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on the Switch. Uh, no particular reason that happened from the last podcast that might have made me go back to it. I 
can't think of many. Uh, going back to that, doing doing a bit of the the World of Light story again because I actually hadn't completed it. Uh, but you got to use all the all the new sort of DLC characters kind of straight into it because that that game mode is you're meant to go around find what they're called spirits, but they're essentially like so say I don't know um, Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid is somehow a spirit in this game, uh, and you end up sort of fighting a character that has a similar play style to what. You, what it would think Oslo would be. So I think say some like I don't know if I'm Solid Snake, but it his like moveset would be slightly varied to how like an Oslo would be. So like it'd be shooting a lot or something or toning a lot because that's what Revolver Oslot likes to do. So I was going through there, but I was playing as the DLC characters instead. So I was playing as Sephiroth quite a lot. <laughs> uh, so that was fun. Uh, going back to that game, it's um, it's it's. It still surprised me just how many different game series are represented in that game. Like you look at something like Fortnite, that's got all like got all the Marvel, DC, uh, God of War now, Halo, um, all sorts of different ones that they had like represented. Star Wars was a big one, mm. um, but I feel like it's, it's still not like it doesn't sell, celebrate gaming as much as what like Smash Bros. has managed to do. Like having you know. Solid Snake, having Sonic, Banjo Kazooie, Steve from Minecraft. Mm. Of all well, people. it's got all the Nintendo first parties, and then it's got all these third party ones that they can bring in as well. So, yeah, and it's always like third parties that have like had some sort of dealing uh, with um, Nintendo, like Rare, yeah. for example, that they brought on board for Banjo Kazooie. Well, yeah, you know, and obviously Minecraft's on there. Um, Final Fantasy is a bit of a Interesting one because I wonder. If, I mean, it had a big history on Nintendo before seven. Mm. So like from like one to six, it was always kind of you could play on Super Nintendo, and that's probably the best way of playing those games. But like from seven, seven onwards, it's pretty much Sony PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, but yeah. So I went back to that um, since the Game Awards, and then also did a bit of uh, Red Dead Redemption Two uh, with you guys when the. I suppose the Christmas update came out when everything was full of snow. Um, yeah, that was fun. Fell off our horses quite a bit. Well, I know I did. Well, you did. <laughs> Maxwell oh, no, just, twice. I've got only just a story about Red Dead Online. But this was I wasn't playing with you guys at this point. I think it was the day before. So mm. I'd, I'd, I'd gone to Sandy to, to the uh, to the clothes shop. Oh, wow. Taylor's. Mm-hmm. And I, I walked outside and there was another player there, just stood looking looking at my horse. I thought, okay, what's, what's, what's he do? So I just went and stood about, and then he just walks over to me and just start, just like, st- st- he's just stood there staring at me. I'm just like, what do you want, pal? What are you doing? So I just lit a cigarette in his face, right? <laughs> I'm just like, you're going to do something then. And he just didn't bother. So I just went to an NPC who was behind him and just hogtied this NPC NPC behind him. And obviously this kicked off, like, all MB- NPCs around were just like, oh, witnesses. Yeah. They were legging it to get off to you. To fight coppers and all that. And suddenly, coppers turn up, turn up start shooting at me. So mm. I jumped my horse and I start pelting away. And just as I'm making away, this other guy starts shooting at me. This, <gasps> this other player. Oh, yeah. wow. What were you doing, pal? I, I was doing nothing to you. So I rode along the, you know, it's, this is a square outside the tailor. So Paul's down steps on the horse and he's chasing me on foot, shooting at me. Mm. And then I'm just leaving outside of town. And then I realise 
this isn't my horse. <laughs> and again, so, nicked his horse. <laughs> nicked his horse. <laughs> nicked his horse. And I'm like, oh, that's why you're shooting. That's why he's shooting at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh dear me. That's fantastic. Did he, <laughs> so, were, did, could he get on your horse? Uh, I think he shot my horse. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I murdered your horse. But I left the game, so I didn't have to, So when I reloaded, my horse was back alive. It was so. fine. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry, pal. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> carry on, Matthew. That's all right. Uh, that's a good start. Um, so, other than, well, after Red Dead Redemption 2, um, I decided to gift myself for such a bad year that we've had. And I finally had, like, enough money to, to be able to kind of buy stuff without worrying about what's kind of happened this year and stuff and that so um just a long story short uh <laughs> i ended up buying the new new call duty uh black ops cold war mm-hmm. um any good i'm enjoying it so far story or multiplayer the more you play i haven't touched this story yet, actually which is kind of a bit unusual for me really because when i buy a call of duty if it's got a campaign, usually that's like the first thing I'll do. All right, I'll do the campaign, I'll know the multiplayer, and once I've done the campaign, I know sort of enough of the controls and whatnot to jump on multiplayer and feel a bit confident and then lose that confidence. Um, <laughs> but I've actually not touched a uh, campaign this time. I think just because I'm, I've not bought it on launch, so I kind of like, I've just kind of, right, I'm just going to go into multiplayer and stuff. So. Um, Multiplayer-wise, I've been exclusively playing the... There's a game mode that allows, like, the most players. I think it's, like, 24 players or something. I seem to like... I like the game modes when there's got more players in because I've kind of got a bit more of a chance to actually get kills and stuff. Um, so I've been playing... Uh, there's two different modes of it. One's called Assault, which is the one where two teams fight over, um, like, a, a, a control point in the middle. And whoever gets control then kind of moves up to the enemy team's first control point. And it's all about, sort of, it's like a, a game of tug of war. Like, you're trying to capture the other team. Yes, you're advancing over areas. Yeah, and yeah. such. So, I kind of, I've always liked those kind of game modes. Because it's, it can go kind of either way. And then, like, the game could last for, like, hours if it wanted to. Um, I remember there's one on... One, one of the Battlefield games that's like that, I think it might be in Battlefield 1, that was pretty much like that. And I always loved those kind of type of games. And then and then the other one is just a normal domination game type, but obviously with 24 players. So it gets a little bit more hectic, but it's, um, I, I enjoyed the war game mode from the rebooted Modern Warfare, which was up to 64 players. I don't know why Black Ops can do the same, have like a lot of players, but they decided to go over a different different route. Um, so I've been doing that. Um, and then for the most part on Black Ops, I've been playing the zombies game mode because I love my zombies. So <laughs> uh, currently trying to do, currently trying to do the Easter egg on it. So if you, if you don't know what Easter eggs are when it comes to Black Ops zombies, or Treyarch Zombies modes. Um, Easter eggs are essentially like a a list of objectives you have to do within that map to 
it's almost like kind of like advanced like the zombies story that they've kind of got going like they've had it like a story mode well not a story mode but like a, an actual story to explain why zombies exist in call of duty <laughs> in a way um but a lot of it always kind of leads to in for these easter eggs always leads to like a boss fight at the end which is quite fun to doing stuff it's just some it's like there's two ways of playing zombies you're either going for highest round or you try to do the easter egg or you die i suppose there's a third round as well so um so there's always that one as well yeah i'd I'd echo that (laughs) i was i I was diabolist because i've got um not very helpful teammates who aren't helping well well if we ever play zombies not we're not gonna be able to help you (laughs) No, I'd, be, I'd train you. I'd be able to train you and, and do you'd a one. You'd have to You'd have to carry us. Yeah. Uh, there's actually there's one there's one fun little um, little Easter egg in in the um, it's called Die Machina, uh, the map. You've got to there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you got to do. You got to build this machine. Then you got to go into what's called the Dark Efa or Efa. Efa sounds better. Um, and do all sorts of stuff. But then once you come back out of it, in this room, there's like these five little bright blue spots that if you shoot them, it takes you back into like the dark ether. And then you get like a rendition of the Ghana dancing with the... I think I've seen this, yeah. It's great. (laughs) Did did you know about this, Mark? Like the meme of the... like the, the I think there was four or six Ghana people who were like dancing with a coffin on the shoulders. No, I've not seen this. You've not seen it. It I'll was just a massive meme this year. Yeah. So if it's somebody gets like me. destroyed at something, they'd cut to these like six Garnains dancing with this um with coffin on the coffin. shoulders. Just yeah. Now. Right, okay. Uh but they decided to recreate it in um in Black Ops. But like they're carrying this like I suppose crate thing. But then once it's over, you can open this crate and actually get like rewards and stuff out of it. So it's like there's a reason to do it. But it's just kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so that was Black Ops. And then one game I've kind of gone back to, but because a mate of mine on PC bought it as well, was No Man's Sky. So we decided to start doing the co-op stuff on that. And um just been enjoying it, actually. Just I forget how... When it first came out, it was obviously not brilliant. But since all the updates... And my correct prediction in winning the uh, the best ongoing game is uh, it's much improved <laughs> over the years with his expansion and stuff. And um, I think full credit to the team for, for how they managed to turn it around. It's, it's a really good, uh, I suppose, redemption story for the developers. So I've been playing that. And then two new games that I bought kind of around Christmas time on PC. Uh, one was Among Us. Uh, decided to buy on PC because it's literally the biggest game going at the moment. Um, yeah. And it's pre- it is pretty addictive, actually. <laughs> what do you um, think of it so far? I like it, but the, the thing that's currently slightly ruining it for me is that you always get one individual who isn't playing isn't playing it to like win or anything. It's just to kind of disrupt and just call out people's colours even if they've not done anything. <laughs> yeah. Um so they're ruining it a bit. Yeah. I feel like when I when I watch YouTubers play it, there's more of an uh organized look to it, like, you know, um 
people aren't just calling out you know random people mm. uh if there isn't enough evidence for someone to get rid of then they'll just skip because they don't just oh yeah we'll just get rid of them like when i've been playing it uh especially when i've been an imposter when i've been playing it i could be trying to do you know i suppose fake tasks and whatnot and just do do my own thing trying to look to see who i can kill and then someone calls like emergency me and gone i've seen him he vented and i'm like I'm not even vented yet like how can you see me and i get bored out and it's like oh, i didn't vent. <laughs> it's just really frustrating um but it's really addictive it's one of those like just one more girl kind of games well that's it that the games can end so quickly and it's just so easy to join another lobby yeah. that you it can just be like oh just one more game just one more game I mean, there like an hour later like what's happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think, like um i think we should set up our own uh, local lobby or something so mark can play so um yeah i think that'd be fun get a few of us together yeah well you can get on mobile for free and i think it's on switch as well i don't know if it's free on switch but I think is it's it, a couple it? of quid on Switch. Yeah, um, it's not that expensive. It's like at most four quid. So it's uh it's easily a, a pretty easy uh four quid spent and get your money's worth out of it. So that's been that's been fun. And then uh, one other game that we got which was new, uh, which is called Witch It, mm-hmm. uh, which is on the PC. I don't know if it's on consoles or whatnot, but it's a if you've ever played a game type called Prop Hunt, um, it's pretty much a whole game based around that. So Prop Hunt is a game type where uh, one team are, I suppose, hiding as little props within the game level. Um, and you've got another team who have to obviously find the prompts, uh, find, find the props and, um, well, kill them. <laughs> um, but this one's got a nice little twist to it, where it's like uh, you put there's two sides. So one one side are the witches who turn into different props or whatnot, and then the other other side is like massive grunt people who are like throwing potatoes, uh, <laughs> which yeah. is an interesting little twist. But that's how they try and figure out what what the props are and what. So um, but each each side have got like different little powers as well. So um, if you're a witch, you can you got one power where you can um, you can fly like like a witch on a broom. Um, all these other stuff like you can throw this like little creature at, at the hunters, and it gives them like a jump scare for like a couple of seconds. And like when that first happened to me, I, I ended up like almost falling off my chair because I wasn't expecting. Because <laughs> like I remember I remember I looked in the options as well before playing the game, and I saw one where it said disable jump scare. So I was like. What does that mean? <laughs> Jump scares? Yeah. I mean, I didn't disable it, but it's like when it happens, like, Jesus. Why? Surely that was a warning. <laughs> Probably, yeah, it should have been, yeah. Decided uh, to be a manly man. I can handle the jump scares. Oh, wait. And then, so for the hunters as well, they've got different powers. So, like, one is where you can, like, throw a chicken out. And if, where the chicken lands, if, like, a prop's near it, it will like give a little alert. They're like, "Oh, there's a prop in this area and stuff." So you, it's like a little kind of, "Ooh, I can find where the props are and stuff." It's a, it's a nice little game actually. It's, it's quite fun. I've been enjoying it, and that is pretty much all I've been playing. So, uh, what about you? Go you, Nathan. Me. Okay. Um, well, just um, to kind of 
go on from what you said before. I've actually been playing a bit of prop hunt on uh, World War Two. Um, I, ne- I never play um, the, like the shooting bit of it because I'm not very good and I just get frustrated with myself. But uh, we did play some prop hunt, which is always fun. Um, yeah, there was a couple of, well, on prop hunt, you can change what you are three times. So you spawn as, like, say, a filing cabinet. But if you want to change, you can. You get a couple of options. And um, I end up changing something much bigger than I was initially. And um, I was just running around as like a lamppost, just trying to survive. <laughs> Lampposts are pretty good, though, because they're quite thin, so they can be difficult to shoot. Um, but yeah, I did end up dying a lot. Um, but it is, it is a really fun uh, game mode, because um, mm. as you know, every periodically you get the whistles, so you're having to like look around and shoot everything to see what the what the prop is. And um, they can like run around and stuff, so... And some of them could be quite nippy, so it can be difficult to catch them. Um, but yeah, um, played a yeah. few rounds of that, which is which is always fun. So you two made me want to play World War Two again. We should get, <laughs> we, should get we should get back on that. Yeah, should, should we do it? Should we play some World War Two and prop on? Yeah, yeah. Just, just, to inject... <laughs> war. Just, just to inject a little bit as well, because um, prop on uh, Cold War as well. Is it? So, oh, so wow. I was playing a bit of that, and it's. Uh... It can be a lot of fun. It's it's uh it's it's just mental. I I really don't like the whistling though. I think it's a bit of a gives gives you away a bit too easy. Yeah, I mean <laughs> if you just possible if you didn't know, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's it. Because if you point? don't know the if you don't know the maps and what's there, then you would really struggle without the whistles. So I do think they are needed to help the game. Oh, I think I think other gamers do it better. Like Witcher. I like Witcher's way of doing it, but anyway. yeah. We'll, throwing we'll, go some back potatoes. To, we'll go back to World War Two at some point. Yeah, throwing potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been playing that. Um, I've started playing um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps um, on the Xbox One. So Ooh. really enjoying that so far. It's an absolutely fantastic platformer. Um, so the start of a game of the game, um, an egg hatches and it's um, Koo the owl, and uh, the owl's got like a broken wing. So it's like it's heartbreaking. There's no, um, there's no like talking within the game either. So, what the game does really well is like visual cues and the way their eyes look, so you can see what kind of a mood they're in. So if they're feeling upset and and that kind of thing. So yeah, the beginning of the beginning of the game, um, you're Ori, like this little monkey light thing, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how to um, explain Ori. I'll, I'll um, probably say like a mouse. I think it's more of a mouse. Anyway, yeah, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so Koo hatches and um, um, and it can't fly because of its broken wing. And then you find a feather from its mother. And then um, you're two like um, the dads or mum and dad or whatever the adults are attach this um, feather to Koo's wing. And then it can fly, which is really nice. And then it flies around and... Um, Eventually, you um, you fly into a storm and then you get separated, and then that's where the game really starts. So you got to try and get through um, all these trials to get to Koo. Um, so you've got to find like these keys to open doors to get to like the next point, and um, you get chased by this big like dog thing, um, which you're trying to escape from. Um, and as you go through, you get like new powers. Um, to let you progress in the game 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, I've, it tugs on the heartstrings. Um, I don't know whether it's a mix of like, because the creatures are so small and helpless and you can really see when something's wrong with them. Um, and then the music as well is fantastic. But yeah, it, it just got me emotional. I was like trying to fight back tears about two minutes in when this owl had a broken wing. Like, what's going on, Nathan? <laughs> but uh, yeah, really enjoying it so far. I've not finished it yet, but um, I'm a I'm a couple of hours in right now, and um, yeah, can't wait to keep going and get through it. But it's is a really nice game. Um, it's out for the Switch now as well. So if you've got an Xbox or um, a Switch, I'd definitely recommend it uh, if you like your platformers. So yeah. Um, moving on to another platformer um, that I've been wanting to play since it came out um, Crash Bandicoot 4 um, so I got Crash Bandicoot 4 as one of my Christmas presents um, and I've not put it down so far it's absolutely fantastic it's um, it's set after the first three games so Wrath of Cortex and anything that's come beyond that is it's just yeah gone which I don't really care too much about. Um, huh? So, I don't know, shock. <laughs> um, yeah, the first three games are brilliant. But yeah, anyway, um, so the way the game starts is Aku Aku, the, like, the evil mask, um, is attempting to liberate himself, uh, Neo Cortex, and um, Nefarious Tropy, uh, like the time creature thing. Um, so out. Uka Uka. Yeah, Ukaruka. Did I say Ukaruka? I think it was Akuraka, wasn't it? Is it? I think it's Ukaruka. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, basically, he managed to like rip a hole in space time so that they can escape, um, but he like faints or dies. I'm not quite sure yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so Neocortex has been like liberated, and all his minions have as well. So like the game begins at that point, and. Um, You've basically got to travel through rifts in time from like island to island, and they've got like different themes. Um, so one of the islands is like all like pirate themed, and all the levels are pirate themed. Um, one of them's like um, uh, like like really like oh, what's the word? It's like really high tech, um, like of a location, and at the end, futuristic. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah. And then when you get to the end of each island, you've got to do like a boss battle. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's really fun. Um, you can play all the levels as either Crash or Coco as well. Um, so you can just, before you go into the level, you can pick which character you want to play as. Um, you can also play as other characters as well. Um, so someone called Tana, I think her name is. Uh, we I played one level as her. She's like a bandicoot from a different time space um, because there's like all these holes in time. So you're basically going through different rifts to get to certain like times and certain um, worlds and stuff. It's, it's quite weird. Um, also, there's different masks um, that you can use as you go through. So I've only used one mask, but you can basically put the mask on and it allows you different powers. So the one that I've used so far, you can like materialize and dematerialize different bits of the level to get through. Um, So for example, if you dematerialize a certain bit, it materializes something else. So you have to be quite quick in using that power to jump to the next point um, sometimes. There's also like these videotapes that you can um, get 
if you got if you pick up like a certain amount of boxes when you get to these videotapes, you can get them, and it splinters off to like the past. So you can play like um, a Crash Bandicoot level set in 1996. Um, so that's quite a nice um, a nice bit as well. But um, I'm on the like the third section so far in the game, and um, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Honestly, if you if you love the first three Crash Bandicoot games, or if you just love the Crash Bandicoot franchise at all, and then you've not got this game, just just get it. It's fantastic. Nice one. What about you, Mark? I have to say, I've not really played all that much. I've played a bit of things. So I jumped on uh, GTA Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, because recently they had the uh, the Cayo Perico heist, which was introduced. Um, oh. It's quite a substantial, large heist to do. It's quite lengthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in order to start it, you have to buy a submarine. All oh, right. So, so I now own a submarine. How much is that? Well, the base one's about two point two million. Oh, that's not too bad. He says. <laughs> I bought vehicles with it, which bumped it up to about five and a half. Mm. So mine's Mr. Got money bags over there. Mine's, mine's got a chopper and a midi submarine as well, which is better than the other midi submarine you can get in the game. Oh, really? <laughs> so basically, you, you, the Kyopoka heist is basically, this is a drug baron on an island. So there's this brand new location. It's like a tropical island. It's quite, quite a large island. Uh, so you go there undercover uh, as part of like... So they, they've introduced like new DJs into this. Uh, this drug lord's having like a party on his island, so you're invited undercover as part of this DJ. What's the word I'm looking Entourage? for? Entourage? Not entourage, yeah. You're kind of part of them. Yeah. And then you have to sneak around the island trying to locate like uh, entrances into places in the island, mm-hmm. things that you could steal, vehicles you could hijack, etc. So you're basically like doing recon on the Re- island. Yeah. And you can keep going back to the island whenever you want to look for more things and obviously the more things you find the better options you have when you come to the actual heist okay and there's a, there's also a lot of like um setup missions that you do in the in the main game in los santos so like like stealing vehicles that you can use and whatever but it's just, it's just all about giving yourself options to how to steal how to yeah. get all this loot uh so i've just been playing that with my brother we've, we've actually barely Touch most of it. We've, we've done our first recon on the island. We'll mm. probably go back there because there's a lot of things we missed. And then we've, we've stolen a few vehicles. There's a massive, like, stealth fighter jet thing. That is, that it's huge. So, oh, I think, I've, I think I've seen a YouTube video. Yeah. I think you can yeah. use it to, like, do a halo jump onto the, yeah, onto the island. Yeah, because if you fly so high, it doesn't get caught on radars or something like that. Something like that. This is the way we've nicked a, a sonar jammer off a submarine, so we've had to swim to a submarine out of the sink and then mm. go on it and then nick this jammer off it. And then <laughs> we stole this other plane. And... But anyway, we've, we've not actually got into the proper heist yet, but oh. it's in some of the setups, and there's a lot of things left to do on it. A lot of things. Mm. The good thing is, it's it's not one of those where you have to be in a, like a uh, public session. That's why mm. I hate it about some heists. It's like, oh, you've got to do your setups in public session. So if you try and get something, obviously some turd in a jet fighter will come and destroy it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's not what happens, isn't it? So, but yeah, you can do it in all the private sessions, so that's good. Yeah, so just going to carry on with that. I, ju- I don't know why I did this, but I jumped on another, another game, which I've not played in about three years, maybe. I jumped back on Rainbow Six Siege. 
Ah, that's a blast from the past. Mm. Uh, I played it and I realised why I stopped playing it. Because... <laughs> <laughs> you don't get it? <laughs> well, in my opinion, it's, it's not easy, yeah. put it that way. Particularly if you play... Because the thing is, obviously, it's aimed at like multiplayer, really, isn't it? Like, yeah. Five, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Is it 5v5 or is it 4v4? It's one of them. But um, I think it's 5v5, isn't it? I think it's 5v5. But there are things like terrorist hunts and... Uh, kind of like tutorial kind of things but because they because this is like a 10 year thing and they just kept updating it and i don't understand the menus on it so i couldn't really find this terrorist hunt thing yeah. back when that i used to play i'm gonna have to look it up because it's so utterly complicated it tells you no information on, on, on the menus it's stupid um so I, I just ended up like doing one and it randomly put me on a map where i was protecting a hostage there's a there's one level set in a bank Mm. and I was supposed to be protecting a hostage. So it put me in the vault at the bottom of the bank. Mm. And so it was just me, and then obviously these AI... Bad guy. Terrorists. Bad guy, yeah. <laughs> so I was just there, did all my boarding up, all the stuff and that, and I kept yep. the vault door open just so I could see where they could You'd from. see, yeah. And then just everything's quiet. Suddenly you can hear... You can hear him charging down the stairs and all that. I'm just like, right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Comes around the corner, so a few shots at the chest. It's twitchy. The, the gunplay is really twitchy in that game. I, it's not. How was that? I found. So I was like peppering all round him. It was like, it's like <laughs> some, scene, like, some comedy film where you shoot round the person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. Like He's like the made the outline of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I managed to kill him, though. And then the guy came, burst through my boarded up doorway to the left. Uh, shot me a few times, and another guy came from this way. Both shot me. I died. I thought, well, that's me done with escape. <laughs> so, um, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't carry it's on like this. It's, it's a difficult game. It's, it is. It, I think, I think it needs a better. I think it needs to. It needs something better to improve. Like, if you're playing single player, I think. I think there's too much focus on the multiplayer, which really annoys me. Mm. I don't think they really care about anything about anybody playing offline. That's Welcome to games in 2020. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really irritates me. It's just like, let me play offline. Let me just play some nice, easy AIs. Well, that yeah. has to be really easy, but just easier. But it's like, it's like they, if they, they never miss shot, shots. That's what really annoys me. It's like the, the, all, the enemies are always so good. And then the, there's always like tons of them who come at you at once. It's all from multiple angles. It's just like, you never stand a chance. I probably wouldn't mind playing it if we if we went back on like as a team, but mm. playing it single player is just so difficult. Because I think yeah. what we used to play was when we um, basically protect the hostage. I think we played that more than anything. Now we're always. Good. I think there was that, and there was like the the terrorist level. Terrorist is my favourite one. I don't mm. like the protect. I don't really like the protect hostage. The worst one's the bomb one. Not we got It's like two mm. bombs. You got to. Oh, you got to protect them so they don't arm either of them as well. So what happens is that as soon as you get to the bomb, then suddenly that's when all the enemies turn up. It's just like tons of them. Just <laughs> yeah. Like, just waves of enemies coming at you. Yeah. Like, no. Well, it's terrifying. You've got like, you've got like a counter, haven't you? It's just like, you've yeah. got 22 yeah. enemies in this building. Go and take them all out. It's great. I, I, as a single player, I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, I mean, it'd be still hard, but it's better than the protect hostage stuff. But I couldn't find a way to do that single player now. I'll like, have a look on menus. But it's, I don't know. 
maybe we should play as a team again. But yes, I wouldn't mind giving it a try because I mean, it obviously got a, a resurgence in like his second year or something. Because like I think in his first year it was it was kind of struggling, didn't really know what he wanted to be, and then after that it's like. It's like esports one of one of its biggest games now is Rainbow Six Siege. Um, mm. The only the only thing I don't really like about Siege, gunplay. Yeah, and I I think maybe I do this unfairly because I any first person shooter that I kind of play, I always kind of compare it to Call of Duty because I always think Call of Duty is quite like the pinnacle of first person shooting gunplay mechanics and how it feels to like aim and move around and stuff mm. um and i always found siege to be quite stiff maybe yeah like okay. like if i rotate like left on cold jury i kind of go about maybe about 25 degrees but it feels smooth and I, I feel like i could control where i was going whereas like with siege when i did it it was like boom. i was like whoa it was a bit quick like and i didn't feel like i'd Real control over what and how I moved. Well, well I think it's like slow. I, I, I think it's the opposite of that. So for me, on siege, I think it's too slow. No, yeah, I think the movement's slow, but I think that's deliberate for it being a more. It's, it's more about strategies, about. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you got to think about what you're doing rather than your know, cold is very kind of blind run wherever you want, <laughs> lone wolf style. I don't mind. I don't mind giving Siege another go. It's when I started, when, when I put on the game, it, it, it like gave me a cinematic, which I knew it was gonna happen because mm. I've not played it in so long. In typical Ubisoft fashion, it was just like advertising this World Cup thing. <laughs> it's just, it's just like th- three of the, uh, sorry, five of the what are they called operators. That's what they call yeah. them. But they're all wearing like stupid like sports tops with the names on the back, walking into a stadium. I'm just like, what? This no, this isn't Siege. What? What? Why? What? What's supposed to <laughs> This is the future. Well, this is about people going into buildings, shooting things. Why? Why? Why is this the cinematic? <laughs> pushing, pushing that stream alive. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've been playing. Great. Right. Should we move on to the video game whole thing? Yeah, we shall. Yes. So this is where we take an in-depth look at a game of high quality or historical importance. We look into our pantheon of games we feel deserve special recognition. Uh, I look to you this episode was released in 2011 for the Xbox 360, the PS3, and the Windows PC. Developed and published by Bethesda, it's The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim. Who's Dora? <laughs> Quite a game. I mean, we, we, we've sort of... Well, it's become a bit of a meme, really, hasn't it? <laughs> the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but as much as we take the mic out of it, you know, because obviously we keep saying, oh, it keeps coming out on every console and it keeps getting... That's it. Oh, they have a smart fridge soon. <laughs> but it is a good game. It is a it fantastic really open world game. It's it's just so much fun. You can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. And you can shout at people in yes. dragon. <laughs> in dragon speak. So you're the... Was it Dragonborn? You're the Dragonborn. Yeah, that's it. And you just... The thing is, I've only just recently started playing this, but I've watched people play this game for years. So I, I yeah. could pretty much know, like, I've, I've seen so many walkthroughs that I, I pretty much know inside out anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you're sort of Dragonborn, and you're it's sort of like in the middle of like a civil war, aren't you? Between the Imperials and the Stormcloaks. You know, right? mm. Yes. Yeah. Great opening. I love that opening sequence. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Mm, yeah. So when you're brought into, I can't remember the name. Is it River? River? What? Is it Riverwood? It might be like that. But there's a, there's a town you've been brought into, isn't there? Where yep. you're about to get your head chopped off. Yeah. And then big dragon turns up, destroys the town, and then you leg it. Great <laughs> opening. So what's 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 your memories of Skyrim? Then? What, what kind of what kind of character did you make? I think I made a Nord. Nord. Uh, so they were like just the human kind. Right? That's human. Yeah. yeah. Nord, Nords are like the um, like high class ones, I think. So they made a posh guy. <laughs> I think so. I just think there was them. Then like, what did you name? Did you name? I just named it me. Um, yeah, not me. I, it was called yeah, Nathan. Just me. <laughs> yeah, I just called it. I, I made it look as much like myself as possible, and um, I um, called it Nathan, and then went off on my way after nearly nearly getting my head chopped off, and then fighting the dragon, learning my first shout. Well, I I, I decided to make a Khajiit. Oh, that's the, the cat. Oh, the cat ones. Yeah, the cat. Yeah. And I called him Whiskers of Middlefart. <laughs> Uh, okay. So it's it's quite funny when um, there's there's one where like a bounty's set on you, and then they, you probably come across it where like some guy just starts chasing you, tries to kill you, mm-hmm. and then if you lose his body, he's got like a bounty note on him, and he actually yeah. puts your name on it. So, yeah. Oh, I want you to take out Whiskers of Middlefart. <laughs> <laughs> this is like my ideal perfect game, just a game mm. where you just walk around finding random people, just talking to them, and just getting things to do. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. It's it's definitely a, for me. It's definitely a step up from Oblivion because um, Sky, Skyrim was my first Elder Scrolls game that I ever played, and um, I can remember going around to my friend's house and he he played Oblivion, and I'm like, oh, I can never get into this. Um, and then um, when Skyrim came out, I'm like, yep, dragons, love that. I'll buy it and see what it's all about. And I was just I was just hooked on it. I like made my character. And at that point, I just got got behind the story, um, got behind the open world aspect of it. You could do whatever you want to do. We can go wherever you want to go. You can make yourself whatever you want to be, really. Um, and the variety of the uh, locations as well. So um, there's like mountains, dungeons. You can go into like the woods. Um, there's towns, cities. Um, you can join different guilds. Um, I think at one point I joined this magic school because um, like, oh, like, it's like Harry Potter. Um, but, but yeah, I did that at one point. Uh, one thing I really did like about the game is that the it doesn't put too much emphasis on your skill tree uh, when you first set your character up. Because some games do when you preemptively say, oh, I want to be good at alchemy or I want to be good at crafting or something like that. But in this game, you expand your skill tree as you level up through the game by fighting creatures and using magic and um, you expand it that way so you can really evolve as you play the game into what kind of a character you want to be and what you want to specialize in so i thought that was a really good aspect of it and i have to say i've been playing the game with mods because that's i'm a cheater i don't care <laughs> that's what i'm but let's be honest this game was made for mods wasn't it so I've been playing the um, on the, the special edition on Xbox, mm. and that's got more mods compared to the PlayStation version, apparently. So I have got a uh, I've got a Kylo Ren mod. So you've got <laughs> you've got Kylo you've got Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Yeah, it's fantastic. 
So you know he's like he's got like a red cross one, hasn't it? Brilliant. I would encourage you to play with him. Yeah. What would you um, say your favourite mod is? Well, it's got the cheat room. Have you heard about the, the infamous cheat room? So basically, if you want anything. So you can set one of your spells to teleport you to this cheat room. And basically, mm-hmm. in this cheat room, you can do anything you want, really. So it's mm. got, like, the smelter, the um, forge, the workbench, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's got, like, drawers on the wall and, like, if you, and, like buttons. So if you press this button, it'll give you, like, 10,000 coins. So it's like, <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. I'll have some of them. Oh, interesting. So basically, I've, I've, I've kind of, like, made myself rich. Yeah. I mean, Kajit has wares, so Kajit has coins. Uh, so, yeah. So I bought myself a house. That's a that's a other good thing I really like is when you get yourself a house. Yeah, and you can like fill it with books and furniture and uh, do what you want with it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So so I became the yacht not the yacht the uh, the thane that's it the thane of White Run. I got my first <laughs> little house because I was rich at that point. I managed to decorate it fully out. Yeah, and then they gave they gave me the the house call. So this person who helps you out. Uh, so we went we both went on a mission. Uh, what was it called? Lydia, I think her name was. So we went on a mission to check out this witch thing, and Lydia died. So oh, <laughs> that was the end of Lydia. So didn't even last one mission. Well, Lydia. I didn't care. Have yeah. you bought a horse yet? Yes. They're Can more expensive the than I thought they were going to be. Is it a thousand? Is it a thousand gold? I think something like that. But I can remember him being whatever horse I bought at the time was fairly expensive. You can't name the horse, though, can you? I didn't name mine, no. I don't, I don't think it allows you to, which is disappointing. I wanted, I wanted to call it some weird name. But it just says, Whiskey or Middle Fast Horse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have, you actually, have you actually completed the game? I, I, I've not, no. Um, I so I got... Four main missions, I think. <laughs> I was pretty much the same. Like to, As I was going through the game, I just got sidetracked so much. I, I ended up playing about 200 hours and uh, I don't even know if I was about a third of the way through the main bit of the game because I just liked going, walking off and exploring. And you just, just walking in the woods and you find a cabin there and you find a witch yeah, in like, there and you just start a fight cool. with her. <laughs> <laughs> just, It's like every time you every time I walk through like a new area, it's like, oh, there's a person. Let me go talk to that person. You run up and then either they'll get involved in like a dialogue tree or they'll just like give you some standard line won't they yeah it's like it's it's. I'm staggered by the amount of people who will actually just give you proper discussions who will actually talk to you and then will end up giving you a quest it's mm. like oh I'll, I'll do this I'll, I'll go and do this and then you go and talk to the next person and then they'll tell you to go, to go off and do something and then you, you go away you do your thing you come back you, you say oh I've done this thing for you oh here's your reward here's your gold coins and then another person turns up oh let me go and talk to that person and it's just, it's just this continuation of talk you, you just keep coming across other people keep talking yeah, yeah. it's like it's just never ended and then before you know you, you're just never getting on with the main story at all are you? <laughs> let me just do this thing here. but what i love is the the ones where it just says well uh back in my day i lost these i lost these three items i lost my sword and my shield and my cloak and so it's like i can see where this conversation is going <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't if only some... fetch those yeah, items if only somebody could help me find those that's, <laughs> that's pretty much what the game is if I was to give one negative about the game is I think too much of it takes place in caves yeah that's true there's a lot of like dungeon style like in crevice in caverns and caves yeah 
Mm. It's like, oh, go and kill this bandit leader or something like that. And it's inevitably always in the cave. Yeah. It's just like, eh, it's too easy to get a bit lost in the old bit samey. Mm. I, I, I want to spend more, more, a lot of time above ground. Yeah. Because it's, be- it's a beautiful looking world. Oh, it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably the only real negative I have. Hmm. Um, the one um, great aspect about the dragons is if you're in the middle of fighting somebody, then some of the dragons can randomly just pop in. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Just... Yeah, that's it. Just like freeze fire blast you or fire whichever kind of dragon it is. And um, yeah, you just get absolutely annihilated. Like, listen, mate, I was focusing on this person. What are you doing? <laughs> I'll kill you it's... later. Because yeah, I only killed I'll... two dragons. Mm. There's one like in the story early on, isn't it? Yeah, the first. Yeah. yeah. And there's one, one near right. White Run, isn't it? White Run, sorry. Yeah, near White Run, yeah. 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 Uh, near that tower, I think that's there. Mm. And then there's one. What's the place? The one with that magic score, I think you were on about. It's in yeah. the top right. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. It's in the snowy mountains, isn't it? Oh, it's just like there's like a little village bit on the out, outskirts and something. You just sit. It's, I don't think it was supposed to be there, but it just turned up. It just rocked up. They can just randomly spawn in. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was there just like cowering under a canopy of this house. As this, <laughs> this dragon kept sitting on top of this like building across from the road. I was just like, well, I'm supposed to take you out. I can't go anywhere. I can't fast travel because there's an enemy nearby. So I was just there fighting crappy arrows. And, just... <laughs> and then like, like there's other people in the town, like other guards started finding arrows. And obviously the, the, the dragon just murdered them. So it's like yeah. it's just me trying to take them all out. It's like, I'll just go, yeah, so it's like I'll just go inside and wait for it to go off and it just yeah. it. So I was just there pummeling like a ton of arrows into it, but eventually killed it, but it took a long time. <laughs> I wanted to take the lightsaber to one of them though. I've got them back, yeah. Ooh, that'll be interesting. That's gonna be the next task. That's it. But the mods the mods are so good. They are my, really my favourite mod is turning the dragons into Thomas the Tank engines. I'm not saying that one. <laughs> it's fantastic because um, I've seen it on uh, YouTube where there's uh, they mod the dragons into being Thomas the Tank Engines, then they spawn about 50 of them in. So they're just like <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engines floating around, just going choo choo, and then just uh, attacking your, <laughs> your character. It's, it's brilliant. <laughs> that must lag yeah. this machine. Jesus. <laughs> and then there's the spiders, of course. It's probably mm. going to put you off a lot than in that. There must be a mod to get rid of that. I would have thought so. Surely there must be a mod. There, there is, yeah. So, um, I mean, I can't, I can only play on Skyrim on PC <laughs> with mods. <laughs> so there, there is, there is one that replaces the it replaces the spiders with frost something bears. So you end up finding like bears instead. Um, which <laughs> I mean, uh, funny story. So I've played Skyrim. Vanilla, and managed to like I suppose um, get through so much without having to just yeah, like no. Because you, no, you are forced to go. You are forced to go through a spider a bit early on, aren't you? Yeah. So early on, there's like a there's a bit of a cape. I think it's just kind of the the smaller variants. I don't think there's like one of the yes. giant ones. So the small ones aren't too bad. Um, but one of the very early uh, story missions has you going up to. It's, it's like it's a tower on a snow ledge quite quite near Whiterun, I think. 
I can't remember what it's called now. It's, it's been it's been ages since I've actually let's play Skyrim. Um, but you have to like go through some bandits before you get in to like the tower, and then you have to sneak through, fighting through more bandits. And then there's a bit where there's like a spiral staircase, kind of come all the way down. And then once you get there, you see that kind of one of the doors on the left has been webbed up, and you've got to break the web. And there's already a telltale sign that something is here that I don't really want it to be. It's Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> Man the spider. Um, and then you go to your right, and I think you find a guy that you meant to find or something that you kind of webbed and kind of died or something like that. You get something from him. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done this bit. Yeah, he's, he's alive, you, but he's webbed up. He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of alive. And then you kind of turn around, you walk for a bit, and then out of this like hole in the in the ceiling, the spider comes like dangling giant spider dangling down and i'm like yeah no this is where the game ends for me <laughs> <laughs> um actually i actually got i did get through that battle on vanilla i kind of i cheese <laughs> turns away and just went <laughs> yeah <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> close my eyes just start swinging um no, I... <laughs> yeah. I, I... ends up killing bloke instead yeah, <laughs> yeah boom. oh damn it whoops um, I actually cheated the game a little bit on this point because I went back through the door that I came in, and because of its size, the spider couldn't, couldn't get through. through. <laughs> but yeah. it, so it kind of like Smart. it kind of kept going like Smart. left and right trying to get it, and I was there just shooting arrows at. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> End up killing it, and I was like, yes, this is great. Um, but when I went through that same bit again. When I had the modded bit, so now it was bears. So I got through, and the bear just kind of spawns. I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll just do my tactic that I did the spider. I'll just you know go through the door and just start cheesing it. Went went through the door, turned around, the bear's right behind me, and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> and I started running up the stairs. It chased me up the stairs. I was like, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> uh, so I can I can quite cheat cheat my way against the bear. I eventually killed it after a couple of deaths, but. <laughs> Because they make the bears a little bit tougher to fight compared to spiders for some reason. I suppose just to make it a little bit more difficult. Because you're, you're for... yeah, it's like you're a pussy. So here we're gonna you're gonna go against this <laughs> formidable bear that eats spiders. Because um, they they made a storyline. They made it in the uh, the mod. They made like a little story bit of like why spiders are suddenly not in Skyrim. Like, oh, these bears have come in and taken over and just eaten them. They've decimated the spider population. Right. Yeah, like, but there's still like spider eggs about as well that you can pick up and get. You know the items that you would normally get from a spider. Mm. So that was fun. I, I actually I remember the specific bit. I actually think I didn't. I stopped playing the vanilla Skyrim. Was there was another mission you have to go into a cave or something and there's like this really short kind of walk space that you have to go through and then like a crack that you go in um and when i got to the crack i just spotted there's like two giant frostbite spiders I was like yeah no that's it game over <laughs> <laughs> I, I can deal with one to a certain point but when you throw two at me at the same time i'm not having it <laughs> so but i mean the with mods, I mean, you can make the game as massive as you want, really. I mean, I just think you can make it more entertaining. 
Yeah. Well, I say, you can, if, if, if you want to be a purist, you can... if you want to be a purist, don't play it with mods. But there, there is a lot of, like, um, I suppose what they're called, low-friendly mods that add to the game in a natural way. Mm. Um, which is always good. You can play like that. Um, or you can go absolutely crazy. Like it's got, it's got like proper. It's got like expansions as well that were made as mods. Is it, is it, yeah. For, is it Forbidden City or something like that? Forgotten City. It's one of them. Something like that. It's got a really faithful community that backs it. Mm. Um, yeah. Even to this day, nine years on, it's still getting like upgrades and and stuff. It's just testament to what a good game it is that people care about it that much to expand the law and um continues to make stuff to build on it it's great well i think it's it's something that i think bethesda has always been kind of famous for is that it's always um it's always supported its community in being able to mod their games and really kind of do whatever they want like i mean there's so many mods and like little expansions i mean even um, there's there's a big project going on. I think someone's converting uh, the Morrowind game, but in the Skyrim Skyrim engine, mm. um, and that's been going on for years, and it, it looks really good so far. Um, yeah, I think someone's doing the same with Oblivion. Uh, there's just like the, there's no limit to what the community can come up with. Uh, when it comes to like modding for Professor's games, even like obviously the Fallout series, there's so much they've done with those games as well. Like um, I think someone's converting Fallout 3 in the Fallout 4 engine, which is crazy. But I mean, with Skyrim, it absolutely blew up so much with the modern scene. And um, I mean, the one, the one small negative that I could throw at it when it comes to the modern scene was I think they did try to I think they did try to monetize, uh, monetize mods on oh, so you have to pay for the mods I think it was through Steam yeah like they wanted to I can I can see I can see what their attention was was that they wanted to reward the modders mm. with obviously the hard work and stuff and that but I think a lot of it on for at least the PC side of it I think a lot of people kind of saw modding as like a hobby and it shouldn't be a way to to monetize it basically like if you want to donate to, to you know the mod modders who make the stuff and that then they've got that um they've got that option but it shouldn't be forced upon them which was a little i suppose black mark in the in professor's little cap i suppose but they they really kind of reversed it once they got a lot of backlash for it so that was good at least but yeah, yeah skyrim is just absolutely massive as a game i don't want to get on the negativity train but the only negative i'd put against the game is the combat because when you slash an enemy you're just slashing air a lot of the time the hits don't feel like hits That's true. There's, not much, there's not much feedback on them is there yeah like when yeah, i'm slicing yeah. through somebody i want to know that i'm slicing through them not like like i'm slicing through a marshmallow although you get to a certain point and that's when you um you to decapitate you mm. seen that Oh, they're like that, the that kind of power. tells me. That, that tells me that I've killed them. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like generally, like some some hits you can do, like Especially when you, when you just do general slashes. You have to send us a video. Um, show us what it's like. Nice, very good. Very good. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, because I've not got the um, most recent iteration of Skyrim. I've got it on PS3, and I've got the VR version on PS4, which I'm only about half an hour in on, because um, I played it and got a bit dizzy, and I've not gone back to it since. Did you reach the spider bit? I, I didn't know. I'm still in the catacombs in the first bit of the... Um, this is actually, when it, when it came to that spider bit, in the, yeah, I, I actually didn't get involved in it. I just let the other bloke take a while out. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the other, he's, I, I just he rescued the other bloke and uh, let him fight a spider. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I didn't need to get involved. He handled it perfectly. How would you do with me? Uh, it, you can absolutely just lose hours in this game, though, can't you? Oh, absolutely. When I start playing this, I start playing this about a week and a half ago or something like that. Mm. It's just like before I knew it, all, like all the day you'd gone. <laughs> yeah, where does time different, go? Between different tasks, you spend a lot of time traversing the land as well. That that you can just get lost in that, just walking. Well, I've I've been doing so. Obviously, once you visit a place, you can then fast travel there, can't you? Mm. So I did spend a period of time just walking to different places, just so I fast travel points. So I, I do fast travel between places now, but it's like it's like when you when you get to a point and then suddenly you see on the map on the compass, don't you? Because mm-hmm. if it's white, yeah, the icon means that's the place you found, isn't it? And then if it's black, it means it's a place to be found. So I just like find it and then just walk into the woods, find the place, and then inevitably there'll be people trying to shoot me, and then it's like run away, run away. But I found you, so I could come back to you anytime. <laughs> yeah, I'll get you later. <laughs> I, I just wait for the. the such and such discovered thing to come up, and then I just turn around and like it. <laughs> My strategy. Oh, but I'm really loving it. It's such a good game, so enjoyable. Yeah. Just like I'm just I'm just going kind to of losing my life in it. I just it's I've not felt I've, I've not enjoyed a game quite like this since uh, the Mass Effect trilogy. Wow, but, big praise. Yeah. Well, actually no, because I really liked Oblivion as well. Oblivion's yeah. great. Would you uh, say well, it's a definite step up from Oblivion? Well, I don't know, because I've actually completed the story of Oblivion. I've mm. not, obviously, I've not done that in Skyrim. Well, the thing about this, it's, it makes more sense, obviously, in, in, in Skyrim, is that when you're talking to people, the rest of the world carries on as it was. Yeah. Whereas in Oblivion, it kind of like pauses time while you're talking to someone. Which I kind of liked, because, because the only problem I have in Skyrim is that I'm talking to someone, and then I see a new person walking in the background, and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to you as well. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm trying to keep, instead Come of like back. really... Re- Instead of really focusing on what the bloke's telling me, I was like, oh, I've got to go and find that person afterwards. <laughs> so I'm just like following where he's going. Like, I mean, that's can the. You, I, can you hurry up yeah. and talk? Because <laughs> like, so I can run and get this person. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, a really nice point for the game that it's like a living, breathing world. Yeah. And absolutely. it's it's been there before you became part of it, and it's going to be there long after you're gone. Um, it just feels like it's a real, real place where people do business and live. Yeah, because it, it does feel like every person has their own story. It means mm. it means something. They, other people, like other people in other towns or around the town, know these people. It does feel like a, a proper living, breathing world. It's I don't I don't, I, I don't know even how you do it. It's it, it just it, you just become one with it, don't you? You end up becoming part of this world, and then everybody learns that everyone knows you as the Dragonborn. Yeah. Oh, you're the one who can shout. That's the thing. I keep forgetting to do the shout. Yeah. It seems like something that yeah, I keep forgetting that, to do. If, if, yeah, I think if there's one thing that seems a bit overblown and and whatnot is all the shouts, and I keep forgetting to do them in, in combat and stuff. I forget that I've even gone. Yeah. I mean, I always do the spells. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's because it's external to the spells, isn't it? So it doesn't take away from that meter. It's its own thing that you can do. Yeah. Like I used to integrate my shouts in with my combat because I knew it wouldn't take any of my spell um, gauge or my stamina. Um, so I would do it near the beginning of the game. But as you get into the game properly and you get more powerful spells and more powerful weapons, then I do think it kind of loses its importance um, mm. fairly early on. It is fun to do though if you go into a mountain once you've got like the full <laughs> shout somebody off at Edge of it. Yeah. <laughs> get our yeah. get our frost troll off. <laughs> yeah, you do feel very powerful when you do it though, because like this if you're on top of a mountain, for example, the snow and everything dissipates around it as well. So you do feel <laughs> like the force of it. It's it's great. I've I've not got up the um is it the throat of the world, is that what it's called? Mm. Oh, is that the, the highest point? Is it? Yeah, I've not gone up that yet. I think that's right. going to be my next story mission. Yeah, I won't mention anything about it then. I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay, I think that's the next one. Well, it's just because I've, I've got so involved in all the all the side missions. It's just like yeah, I have to say the menu because it puts all of them, obviously puts all of them quests on a menu. It becomes so overwhelming eventually, doesn't mm. it? <laughs> when, you, when you talk oh, to so yeah. many people, it's like, oh, go and do this, go and do that. It's like, where do I begin? And then it if builds you, your objective lists up, it's just so yeah. much. But you can like put, you can choose which ones to show on the map, can't you? Mm. It's like if you put them all on the map, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> like things everywhere. It's like blimey, just, where do I just start? crying in a corner? What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have to do the same thing in that way. It's just like I just pick one and go right. I'm just going to focus entirely on that, not do anything else apart from that task. And inevitably, I just come across other people to talk to, and it's just like, oh, you want to give me another quest here? Yeah, <laughs> give me like, another quest. Why? Always not? looking for the yeah. next thing. Oh, my another quest. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, I wish it wouldn't automatically put that quest on the map when you talk to them. I wish it just like put it on your on your quest list and list, then just, yeah. just disable it just until I want to do it. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to just let me focus on the one task I want to do. <laughs> I was just going to say, when when you were leveling up in the game, um, what kind of direction did you go in for your character? Uh, I did a lot. Oh, of like build and stuff. Mm. I, put, I, put, I put a lot of skills on lot picking. Although, because of the mods I've used, mine's kind of advanced quite quickly. Yeah. Oh. So it's just like sneak, sneaky boy. Myself, just give yourself a lot of perk points. Okay. Yeah. yeah so he's, he's a master lock picker, my guy. What else is it? Because there's, there's a lot of things on this on the skill tree, isn't there? There's quite a yeah, lot there's like alchemy, um, magic, um, crafting, and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, not not just magic, like in crafting, it's all broken down as well. So you've got like, like one handed, two handed, one handed, two handed, bow, um, destruction, mace, probably. So yeah, destruction, uh, alteration. I think is one. Um, restoration. There's like restoration, yeah. There's one for That's a, I love spawning dark. I love, I love, the, well. I love the healing one. Oh, oh the healing one's like the most important one for me. <laughs> healing in one hand, lightsaber in the other. Yeah. Not lightning then. Yeah. Palpatine style. Well, yeah. I should do my show. Yeah. The thing with leveling up as well, I think it's, it's a much. Big improvement over how Oblivion did it. So, like, I think that they were quite similar. Where the more you use certain things, the more you level stuff up. 
um, but within Oblivion, to kind of get all those, uh, I suppose, upgrades and level level ups and stuff, you had to sleep somewhere for a, for yeah. a certain amount to register the level up. Yeah, and I thought that, that was really you, nice little... you always kind of forgot to sleep. Yeah, you got you got that little symbol at the bottom, didn't you? Which was like yeah, I think it was like the sun or the moon or something like that. Yeah, it told you like the, the basically time. telling you yeah, this is when you're supposed to go to sleep. And I spent ages just going, what the hell does this symbol mean? What's, what's all that about? Yeah, I'm and just also like, I weren't sleeping, so you just stayed there. <laughs> but you never leveled up either. You can only level up once yeah. you slept, yeah. which I thought like, was really nice. You can always sleep. There was never any reason to sleep, really, was there? You never depleted anything, from the farm, from what I could tell. Um, I think you could you could get like benefits from sleeping, but or maybe I just played it really easy, so I just made it look like I didn't have anything. Probably. <laughs> maybe it didn't affect me. So that's the thing. Scavenger doesn't have a uh, difficulty level, is it? It's really no, good. it's it's like a scaling level, isn't it? The higher level you are, the more things become harder, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case, yeah. Um, I think on the 360 version, there was something in the settings where you could actually change the difficulty um, from memory, because I remember having to put it down from normal to easy, but it's me in it, but because <laughs> I got stuck in a certain bit. I would have done the same. So. I would have probably done the same with Skyrim. It's, it's, it's not a difficult game, but you can come across enemies early on that uh, make it difficult. I, I, I always seem to, like, every game that I start, I always seem to find a, a fight between a giant and a mammoth. They always seem to hate each other. <laughs> That's the real war. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a fight between them. Yeah, I was, I was, I've always seen them getting one quite fine. I've not killed a giant yet. I have eventually killed a giant, but not without a couple of Team Rockets blasting off against happening. Because I needed for one of the tasks, I needed a mammoth tusk. Yeah, but I couldn't. I the, the mammoth just absolutely murdered me. I didn't even get close to killing it. <laughs> it just destroyed me. Uh, so I just said, I'm going to go to the thieves' guild and just nicking the mammoth tusk from them. So <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of doing it. Solve the problem. Well, hey, it's called the thieves' guild, so I proved my worth, surely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys got any any favourite memes from? Skyrim. Well, depends how you define me, but I do. Uh, I've not done it yet, but I do like the uh, the pot challenge. Is it called the pot challenge? When you put the balls on people's heads. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, did they change? Did they change that though? So where uh, it actually you can't really do it anymore. But things get falling off. I thought. Were, I thought. Unless maybe I'm. I'm not sure. I remember when the game first came out. Well, that definitely was, was a thing. <laughs> No, it was because it was a popular way of being able to like steal things in a room by just putting like a basket or like a bucket over someone's head. So then, oh, they can't see. Now I can start stealing everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that is one negative thing about the game is it's it's very easy to accidentally steal something. Oh, when you like open a chest <laughs> or something. Yeah. So it's like you might have a bunch of things where you can, you're allowed to pick them up and then so you just mash the button. Oh, yeah. I'll pick all this up. Yeah. yeah. Inevitably, you end up picking something you you shouldn't have. And they're all guards and say, what are you doing? And then they just chase you out of the town. Did it mean to? And they, they're putting it down, trying to make a piece, and they still come after you. <laughs> was, it, was it in Skyrim or something? Or it might have been Oblivion, I can't remember. But I know there was a... It might have been... It's probably been patched out in these new ones. But I think mm. in the original one, you could steal a bunch of stuff in a shop. Mm. And then if you... Sell it back to them. Well, if you immediately drop it on the floor... 
Mm. And then the guards come and nick you. And then obviously you, you do your time and all that business. I'll play you magic. Oh, yeah, and the prison and stuff. But if you return to the shop thereafter, all the stuff that's on the floor is not considered theft. You can just pick all the stuff back up. What? Or something like that, I'm sure. sure I, 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 could, yeah. I can imagine that being a Skyrim yeah. thing. I'm not, I'm not sure you can do that now. So, so like when, when I say sort of stuff like memes, I suppose like I suppose the uh, the old guards that you talked to and uh, like to say that they were an adventurer like you once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that became huge. I used to be an adventurer like you until I took an arrow to the knee, <laughs> and then that just caught mainstream on everything about being an adventurer and <laughs> having arrows in these. Um, I'd like to eat one of those sweet. I'd like to eat one of those sweet rolls that you see dotted around the place. They look really tasty. Funny enough, apparently that's meant to be a that's meant to be an Easter egg. So I've actually got a list here from IGN of Easter eggs that apparently are in Skyrim. It's okay. saying uh, it's apparently the sweet roll apparently is uh, a reference as well. So it says here that uh, guards in various cities will sometimes say, "Let me guess, someone stole your sweet roll." Yes, apparently, I them say that, yeah. yeah. So apparently this is referring to the very first Elder Scrolls game, Arena, where it was asked as a class-determining question. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, apparently also, well, in the second Elder Scrolls, Daggerfall, uh, it also uses that same question as a class-determining uh, class question. Um, apparently the same for Morrowind as well. Uh, and apparently references as well uh, in Oblivion, where some NPCs may talk about a story of a stolen sweet roll. So apparently it's, it's something it's something in Bethesda games, because apparently it's something right, so else. It's an ongoing thing. Right? Yeah, okay. apparently there's something else uh, in Fallout 3 as well, uh, where you're given a sweet roll by someone, and then a bully demands the sweet roll or something. <laughs> there's some sort of sweet roll reference that's going through Bethesda games. <laughs> Like it's the Elder Scrolls cookbook, so it might be in there. Yeah, it could be in there as well. Um, there's all sorts of stuff. Like there's one. There, apparently, there is, there is a Minecraft reference. Although this is apparently this is argued that if you climb the highest mountain in Skyrim, which is the Throw of the World, uh, you'll find what a weapon there that's called a notched pickaxe. Obviously, mm-hmm. the creator of Minecraft was called, I think his last name is Notch. Whether that is a reference or not, people argue that apparently a notched pickaxe has also been in previous Elder Scrolls games, so there's, there's an argument there. Mm. But there's, there's all sorts, like um, Pac-Man's referenced in, in Skyrim. Um, is he? Yeah, so in, in is it Markov uh, in Endon's house? Look for a shelf. Um, where there is, there's a wedge of, you know the wedge, the, wedge, the cheese I wedges, see where this is going. they look like <laughs> Pac-Man, don't they? Yeah. So it's arranged in a way where there's there's this cheese wedge. Oh, and then there's a few garlics. full ones afterwards. Or... No, no, there's some garlics in a row hmm. as well. They look like the pellets. And then there's some like ghost dust, which is meant to go off <laughs> ah. there's a ghost. Yeah. Oh, glow dust, cool. sorry. Apparently that's fine. There's, there's quite a few stuff, I'm trying to think. Um, one that's actually quite funny, if you've seen it, there's a Star Wars reference as well. You have to go to Bleak Coast Cave, 
to clear out some phosphorols. Now, apparently, inside one of the rooms, there's a bunch of bones laying around on the floor. And if you look up in the ceiling, there's a torso sticking out. And apparently, there, directly below the torso, there's also a glass great sword, which is meant to reference Luke being stuck in the ceiling. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got a Star Wars reference in mine. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the lightsaber. <laughs> Uh, I remember there's there's one. I don't know if it's Skyrim or Oblivion. There's a there's an Assassin's Creed reference somewhere, where there's like there's a dead body next to like a bale of hay or something, and apparently yeah. there's like something tall or like a tall building from the top. Yeah. That's a reference. Yeah. The the leap of faith. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there was all sorts and stuff. But oh, cool. I was found the the. Arrow to the near one was uh, very overused in internet culture. Yeah, actually, the, as did most things. As most things, yeah. There, there is actually one. I'm gonna see if I can find this video. There's one funny video of I think you're talking to a guard on like a balcony ledge thing. I don't know where it is in Skyrim. But you're talking to a guard. You know, he's carrying his torch and whatnot. And as he finishes talking, this dragon just swoops in and like picks him up and like the torch is just let just the torch is like doing the comedic just stays there and then just suddenly drops <laughs> oh that's amazing uh i'll have to find it because it was it was absolutely funny when i first saw it i just i burst out in laughter <laughs> so many just random stuff that happened. it's just such yeah. a skyrim thing to happen isn't it yeah this dragon comes in swoops the guard that you're just talking to <laughs> Oh, well, it just shows how like feature packed the world is, and what a what a full place it is to explore. So, yeah, yeah, there's there's never a dull moment, no matter where you go in Skyrim, you find all sorts as well. I I see why it was it was game of the year when it came out. It was it was the biggest thing going, and um, I mean, fair play to for all of the ambition that Bethesda had for that game. It was absolutely massive. That's I'm really looking forward to the new one, whatever that will turn up. God, they're going on to a new engine for that. I thought, I guess it's... It desperately needs it, yeah. I think... I think it? <laughs> it had its charm. I think when it when it came out, it was pretty good. Because I think uh, Fallout 4 uses it as well. But I think by Fallout 4, it was starting to show a bit of age at that point as well. Mm. Yeah, look forward to when it comes out. Um, Xbox exclusive. Xbox <laughs> as well, could be. Could very well be. Is there... Uh, which one's coming out first? Is it Star Starfield? Starfield. I think Starfield's first, wasn't it? And then Starfield first, yes. And then the next Elder Scrolls, whenever well, that's that. not that's not going to be for a long time, are we? Twenty twenty-three, maybe twenty-three. I'm probably best on. So Elder Scrolls six, PS six. Actually, no, Xbox. PS6, what, Xbox. What, what could he possibly call it? Xbox Series Z. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah, we'll go. <laughs> Series double X. <laughs> yeah. Could do. Triple X. Triple X. Have um, Vin Diesel as the mascot. So, there you have it. That's uh, Skyrim, eventually into the Video Game Hall of Fame. It was, yep. it was always going to happen, let's be honest. Uh, so, if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. It's bi-weekly on Tuesdays. Visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post blogs and the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms uh, to continue the conversation. Uh, you can find the Joking Dolphin on Facebook. 
as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Uh, we're also on YouTube where we post this very podcast as well as other videos, uh, including Top of the Pod. Uh, so go check that out. Hope you've had a Merry Christmas. Uh, have a very happy New Year. And until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs>